Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. And his cousin? He's an asshole, too, sir. Gunner's mate, first class, Philip Asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing, assholes! Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Get down on your knees and kiss this man's feet. I'm Lance Wackerly. If I was that dude, I'd be dreaming of boobs. We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. Uh, can I go when this starts to suck? Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly, and I'm a podcaster. <laughs> You're a podcrafter. I'm retiring the crafting term for a while. Why? Do you think it's just lame now? Is, is podcaster <laughs> I it, cooler? I don't think enough people... Uh, World of Warcraft isn't in the forefront anymore. It's not as prevalent, so people yeah, wait don't till know the, what we're talking about. Wait till the expansion pack comes out, The Wrath of the Lich King, and then we'll start using it but, again. So, so what? You don't consider this podcasting a skill? A craft? Podcast craft. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so what did you do this weekend, by the way? It's you know, fucking it's, it's dark weird. in here. It is, is dark it so in dark? here. And, uh, you know, I, I, I need, I moved, I rearranged my apartment once the uh, lady left. Yeah. You know, the lady moved out. You know, I rearranged the apartment, got rid of all her shit. And now I have all this space, but I, I haven't made, like, adequate use of my resources. Like yeah. my lamp I can't even there. read my script here. <laughs> so, how was your weekend, D? <laughs> I know we're gonna have to wing it there, Wacky. I know this is gonna be the all improv yeah, episode. This is gonna be tough. Well, as a matter of fact, my weekend was quite well. It really. Wait, oh yeah, I lost my place here yeah. on the script. Um, yeah. you use your so, dude, usually I ask you how your weekend was. Yeah, we're okay, switching it right, up. All right, this is unorthodox. It's off the script, but um, okay, all right, I, I can I can work with that. Well, as a matter of fact, Wacky, I had a very interesting weekend. It uh, all oh, started off with um, on a Friday, went out, got drunk. Saturday. That is interesting. <laughs> I went out and uh, I got really drunk on Saturday. But no, actually, Saturday was kind of interesting. I ended up, I was planning on just staying home and uh, watching that movie, The Ruins, with a bottle of Jim Beam. Uh huh. And then that's I, a great movie, right? Yeah, I figured it'd be, you know, that's a, that's a fun Saturday night for a single man like myself. Yeah. And there's some hot chicks in that movie, so you could have masturbated yourself. Well, I was just going to go to the Asian massage parlor afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my sexual uh, gratification would have been. You would have been, been... pre-bonerfied, though, by the movie, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, there was a, there, I, I watched it the next day. There was a hot blonde in it. I, I recommend that movie just because you get to see the blonde's tits. Yes, you do. You're yeah, right. she's kind of hot. But anyway, so I was at home planning on doing that. I get a phone call from uh, you know our English buddy Ian, and he was like, "Hey, dude, what are you doing tonight?" And I was like, oh, "I'm just kind of hanging out." And he's like, "Well, you want to go to Dave Chappelle's birthday party?" I do like, I? I was like, "Oh, do I? Do you got to ask twice here?" It's <laughs> like so Dave Chappelle's birthday party. It's kind of random. Yeah. And so uh, what ended up happening? I guess on Saturday during the day, there's this hip hop rapper festival called Rock the Bells and uh, Most Deaf and. Uh, Tribe Called Quest and a bunch of other people perform Where? there. At the Cow Palace? You know, I think it, they do it over by the ballpark. Okay. And yeah, somewhere south of Market. So anyway, the after party was going on at Club Mezzanine. And uh, 
Ian's neighbor is dating one of the people who works at, at, at Mezzanine, so she ended up... There was a connection. Yeah, she ended up getting in Not there. Not to so, Chappelle, but to the venue. To the venue. So we ended up getting VIP treatment, got to go upstairs. And it was funny, too, because there's like a VIP area within the VIP area. So we were in the first VIP area, but Dave Chappelle was way in the back in the private VIP area. You were in the first VIP ring, the outer ring. Yeah, we, we weren't cool enough to get into the Dave Chappelle inner sanctum over Right, there. and why would you think you would be that cool? But you know, I thought, it, I kept, as the drunker I, I, I got, because we ended up getting really drunk, because drinks were flowing freely upstairs in VIP. I don't uh-huh. know if you know that, but you get hooked up on drinks up there. Um, I kept looking back. You could see Dave Chappelle. You could see like most deaf and uh, a bunch of other Charlie Murphy, (laughs) Charlie Murphy hanging out Prince. No, but uh, a bunch of rapper guys. I didn't really recognize. Not not exactly my scene. Rick James. Yeah. Rick James was hanging out. He's kind of a corpse now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you could smell the weed. They were just passing around blunts. And I was thinking. I wonder if you know how funny it would be if I just kind of walked back into the second VIP area. Yeah, and uh, ended up being like, "Hey guys, how's it going? Can I have a puff on that blunt, there, fella?" <laughs> you know, I, the crickety chronic. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, you know, uh, I don't think it would have lasted very long. Right. But uh, I did. I did get dared to go back there, and this really large black guy was like, "You can't come in here." Yeah, and I was like, "But okay. it seems like you could have just gone." Do you know who I am? <laughs> you ever heard of sick and wrong, man? And uh, it didn't work. And either. then you gave him a T-shirt. <laughs> well, no, he grabbed me by the throat and just kind of <laughs> pushed me backwards. It sounds like you could have just uh, stuck your head back like near the line and took a big inhale and just been really baked you could smell it from where we were standing we were yeah. like 20 feet away from it uh-huh. but it was entertaining but as i said before i was completely out of my element there must have been like maybe 10 white people there uh-huh and uh yeah and it was just it any was, jews it was really ghetto you know there were a couple jews <laughs> did, did dave Chappelle? dave Chappelle's writers on his show weren't they all jewish yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, the Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix experience. <laughs> like, it's all of his band are white dudes. but oh, They're all white guys? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, the director was a white guy, and, you know, a bunch of the writers were white, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess Comedy I transcends that. skin color. That's what I always say. It, 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 Haven't it, you heard me say that a million it, times? It surpasses <laughs> the ethnic boundaries. But it was but entertaining. the VIP section does not transcend <laughs> skin color. That's the lesson. I just, I just wasn't that cool to get in the back. It was entertaining, but yeah, I definitely did not score with any chicks. I, t- I tried talking to like three, like... You know, hip hop, urban Asian chicks, and uh, yeah, all... Dave Chappelle's wife is Asian, I believe. Oh, dude, there were some really hot Asian girls that just weren't into short, tattooed, big nosed Jews. Like Any myself. hot black chicks? Yeah, there are quite a few, oh. and they also Sorry, weren't into it. short, big nosed, tattooed <laughs> Jews either. So uh, yeah, I ended up going home by myself that night, but it was entertaining yeah. nonetheless. So how was uh, your weekend there, Wackerly? Uh, got drunk Friday night. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds a lot like my Friday. Got drunk Saturday, but I uh, I went to Alameda and got drunk at the Tiki Bar. Why would you go to Alameda as opposed to Oakland, where there's like sundry bars within, you know, a three block radius? Well, I don't know if you've heard, but um, about what's been going on in Oakland, but I I don't go to wait, rest- wait. <laughs> Are the violence. You mean? <laughs> well, there yeah, there's always there's always Oakland? the there's always the fuzzy background violence, but specifically, uh, I know you have heard of this, but uh, for the listeners' sake, uh, yeah, there's been a lot. I don't go to restaurants or bars in Oakland anymore after dusk because uh, typically, what happens in a restaurant or bar in Oakland is uh, you're there and then like three dudes come in with shotguns and <laughs> rob everybody in the restaurant or you know, bar. 
I remember like back in May, uh, a restaurant that I actually used to go to when, uh, when the old Sick and Wrong studio was in Oakland. Which one was that? Uh, it was called Milano. It right. was like that uh, kind of upscale Italian yes. restaurant. I think we I, went there on Christmas Eve once. Not think, not just you and I. It wasn't some no, romantic yeah, I mean, dinner, we, but yeah. there were a bunch of people there. <laughs> yeah, Wackley and I don't go out and eat together. <laughs> only on Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, only on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> when we exchange gifts. <laughs> I bought you a sweater, Wackley. I bought you a George Foreman But no, grill. I took uh, the ex-girlfriend. Or actually, I think this is a double ex-girlfriend. I took her for her birthday at that restaurant. That and, that double XL chick you used to date, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the plumper. <laughs> no, she was a double X. What do you say right. that your ex you know, two understand. girlfriends ago? I'm I don't, just I don't, fucking with I you. I don't know the nomenclature, <laughs> but yeah, she was a big girl. But uh, no, the the restaurant's a very upscale spot, and I read that you know I think in May. Three dudes just kind of walked in with hoodies and shotguns and totally pulled a Pulp Fiction style robbery. Yeah, and that's the point. Like like you said, you know, there's always a lot of violence in Oakland, but. It's usually contained to like the shitty neighborhoods, but now this happens in. I mean, they're coming after Whitey. The Carry House. You DJed at the Carry House one time. It happened there. The Scary House. That's a really shitty bar. It happened at uh, a pasta place last night that I've never been in, but I've walked by a million times. I mean, this is happening in like the quote unquote nicer neighborhoods. (laughs) The gentrified neighborhoods of Oakland. Yeah, we're actually right where we used to live. Right. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, around Lake Merritt, which is a popular gentrified area. I just go over to Alameda, which is right across the water, and uh, these problems don't seem to happen there. Yeah, I don't think black people live in Alameda. Yeah. Or I think there's two. Yeah, well, maybe the cops to black people ratio is high. Yeah. Well, you know, Wackerly, I think, um, you know, your, your concerns will be alleviated very soon because I read a story about the guardian angels are coming to Oakland. Have you, you know, those guys are the guys that are like the cherubs of justice with the red berets. Yeah. They the all civilian force, all volunteer and they walk around in groups and radio the police. If they see someone breaking into a car, or getting mugged. Yeah. I believe they all wear like white shirts and suspenders too. They're kind of like skinheads, but with red berets. With red berets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're not as scary. No, they're they're not scared at all. But have you have you actually seen any of them yet in the neighborhood? To tell you the truth, no, because as I just said, I haven't been going to those areas at night. But what about um, when you come home from I, work? I have seen them. No, no. Well, because there's not any. I mean, I kind of live in like no man's land, you know, Mad Max area of town. When I there aren't any restaurants on my walk home from from you know like the Podcraft. Well, it. In the article here, it says that they're primarily patrolling Grand and Lakeshore Avenues, where all the restaurants and the stores are. Right. And I guess they travel in, like, you know, they patrol in, like, groups of, like, three. Yeah. But, you know, my question is— They don't have guns, either. We should point that out. Yeah. So uh, let me just explain a little bit about the Guardian Angels. So it's a nonprofit international volunteer organization of unarmed citizen crime patrollers. It was founded in 1979 in New York City by Curtis Silva. And it now has chapters in eleven countries. Over what was that? Cities what was that in response to in New York? Was this? I saw some pictures online this past week of like what the Lower East Side used to be like in like the eighties. It's fucking frightening, dude. No, it was gnarly back. Is then. that and where like they were, 19... or were they just yeah, trying no, to clean they're... up like uh, Grand, well, I mean, like Times Square? No, it was like even Midtown Times Square. You, they yeah. needed it in New York. I yeah. mean, it was just like pervasive crime, right? And now it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, I mean, it sounds like Oakland is actually kind of in need of these people as well. So the original main Guardian Angels activity was, is safety patrol, which members walk the streets or ride transit. And I remember uh, I've seen them before on, uh, you know, in Chicago and I've seen them in New York as well. 
I mean, you can't really miss some dumbass in a red beret. Yeah, the the, the outfit sucks, by the way. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> they, they a, must a better be in, uniform. They must be in uniform to represent the organization. They can right. Be, well, the whole point point of deterrence is they have to be visible. Yeah, they, they could just be visible in some other way. But it sucks that their uniforms are just so. I don't know, pansy. Yeah. <laughs> my recommendation, my recommendation would be um, like the Road Warrior. Remember all those guys who come up and siege the town that had yeah, the but gas. Then people would think it was Folsom Street Festival or something. <laughs> Actually, they probably think they are Raiders fans. <laughs> you know what? Not I'm, to be confused with Riders. Well, I think if they're really trying to intimidate the criminal criminal element, I think they dress up as some kind of bat creature with a cape and maybe some kind of armor outfit with you think like so? gadgets around their yeah. waist. What about a red, white, and yellow outfit? <laughs> no, I don't I don't no, I don't know if that would work. Yeah, I don't think okay. that would work. Yeah. Maybe if they wore like some kind of outfit of scales and swam in Lake Merritt. Oh. You know Aquaman. Yeah. Now yeah. that's intimidating. <laughs> But no, I they, think if you swam in Lake Merritt, you would have your own problems to deal come, with when you got out. You'd come out looking would, like the yeah, Joker. Yeah, yeah. Somebody would be calling 911 for you. So as we said before, they wear red berets and red jackets or white T-shirts with the Guardian Angel logo of an eye inside a shield with wings. Um, they accept volunteers who do not have a recent or serious criminal record. So I guess you can have a criminal record. Yeah. What equates to serious? Um, you, they will not accept members of gang or racial hate groups. So sorry, skinheads out there. Can't join the Guardian Angels. Yeah, that's too um, bad. In order to join the program, you must be at least 16 years of age. And I guess a lot of these people were um, former police officers and uh, military personnel. You see, when you say former police officer, then that, that begs the question, why are you kicked off the force again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, why are you volunteering? Yeah, yeah your you're time not for you're this? not retired because the last thing a retired cop after working for like 30 years is going to do is put on a red beret and go walk around town. These are like cops who are disgraced. I I would have to think. Well, I met or maybe retired. I mean, I think. I, can you imagine a guy being a police officer for 30 years and doing real police work, and then retiring and be like, I'm going to walk around with these faggots and these red berets? <laughs> I just don't see it happening. I, but, you know, I could kind of see those, like, cherub of justice types. It never actually became a police officer. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I can see that for sure. Uh, you know, they're activists or whatever. So about two dozen members of the volunteer group began um, roving Grand and Lakeshore Avenues at the invitation of Oakland Mayor Ron Dellums and the police. You mean— so- who who is Dellums? Grady? Is that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I only they, know him by Grady. From uh, that's who he looks like. From bit of an inside so. joke here, but the mayor of Oakland, if you've ever actually seen him, he looks just like Grady from uh, Sanford and Son, right. who yeah. is uh, Fred's old friend. Uh, I for, what's his? I forgot his real name. Slim. Uh, I don't know his real name. It's Mayor Dellums. <laughs> a Whitman Mayo. That's okay. his real name. God, I love that show. But Ron Dellums is the mayor of Oakland, and and do you know that that guy's utterly feckless? I mean, what what does he do? Have you ever? I, I heard he's like people describe him as an absentee mayor. Yeah, no, because you know what happened. He was a he was a like major senator, like U.S. federal senator for many years. So he's used to just like traipsing around the globe, going to like summits, you know, in South Africa and in Europe and Geneva and all that. And that's just not how you be a mayor. Like, if you want to be a mayor, you have to be like in town, like talking to people yeah, like, and shit or you gotta be like giuliani and crack down get the uh you know the the gestapo to come oh, out well, and crack i mean down yeah now you're talking i mean about it's like jesus th- dude i mean in oakland this guy can't even hire enough police officers so he has to get the guardian angels to come out yeah i guess so they're paying and, a lot of money by the way to if you want to be a cop no yeah you know i was gonna get to that in a second but i mean the the thing is 
Is that the, the reason, you know, there aren't that many cops? Obviously, they're paying a lot for you to, to be a cop, but is there a shortage of cops and that's why there's crime? Is it because cops are indifferent to what's going on and don't really care? Yeah, I don't want to get I mean, if you're, too much into local politics, but at one point, Oakland voters and people, you know, property owners who are going to pay taxes for this said, yes, we're willing to pay more property tax and, like, we want 2,000 cops. Right now, and this was like five years ago. They passed it. But if it. they had 2,000 cops, I don't think you'd have as much crime. Right. They don't. So they still have like 800 or 900 cops. Like they, And nobody knows where the money is. Some of it's going to like youth outreach programs, you know. Like they paid too short to educate uh, young uh, uh, black people from East Oakland how to get into the rap industry. Well, it sounds to me that they can't even hire enough. I mean, it's like they're, they're paying $87,000. So I, I got some stats here. So if you're looking to, to, to move to Oakland to start your career in law enforcement, you can expect to make salaries starting in the range from $70,000 to $87,000 with a base of sixty-two while attending police academy. Dude, that, that's and, unheard and of. Police academy that's only more takes, money than I make Police academy only porn. takes one year. So why don't you go become a cop? Because who's going to make digital porn? Who? <laughs> Seriously. People got to whack but that's, off. This, so this is the question. <laughs> I mean, like, if people aren't willing to do it for that amount of money, I don't know what I don't know what to say. Well, dude, you don't want to get shot, and that's what amazes me about the guardian angels. It's like, do you really think they're effectual? Do you think they're gonna they're gonna affect anything whatsoever? I mean, what, what are the guardian angels gonna do? All you're doing, and actually, it's weird. It's like underwhelming, but at the same time, it is effective. All they're doing is making it inconvenient. If you're gonna rob a restaurant. And there's like five dudes standing out front with red berets on and they have radios and they're ready to call the cops at the drop of a hat. It might be a deterrent. You're just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to go across town and rob that other restaurant, which is actually what happened last night. You said they're patrolling like Grand Avenue and Lakeshore. The restaurant that got robbed last night is over in uh, the Rockridge area, uh, all the way which is like town. across town. Yeah. So, I mean, that proves my point. So, so, so it's like all they're doing is inconveniencing the criminals, which is like... I don't think they would be very proud to say that. Like, we inconvenience criminals like a motherfucker. <laughs> but it's effective because criminals are like, you know, I'm not going to rob that one because I don't want to deal with the extra headache or I'll just wait till next week when the guardian angels are gone. I don't, you know, I was, I was reading uh, like a Wikipedia entry about guardian angels and they're just like listing the amount of guardian angels that have been killed in the line of duty. How many? Just, dude, I mean, there must have been like 10. Over 20, 30 years? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. Seem like a lot. Like and, and remember, we're talking about... New York in the 80s and Chicago in the 80s where, like, shit was really frightening. I mean, I still live in Oakland. This yeah, isn't... I, you know, dude, seriously, I don't I'm know I'm not if, in mortal fear to walk home tonight. I don't know if the gangster thug on the corner is really going to be that intimidated by this guardian angel in a beret. I guess, yeah, he's probably not... He's going to wait to rob the pasta restaurant, you know, for a couple hours till they leave. But yeah, right. I don't know how intimidated he's actually going to be. Like, I, for case in point, I remember when I was living in Chicago. This is like right before I think my sophomore year of college. I was hanging out with my brother. I wasn't even 21 yet. Right. But uh, my brother was at work, and so we were waiting for him to get off. And I was hanging out with um, his buddy, his, uh, <clears throat> his weed dealer, this big Puerto Rican guy. And so you friend. guys were hanging out outside the manhole? Or no, block. but this is when my brother. No, my brother worked at the Smiling Fish restaurant back then. It was like a, a seafood restaurant. It was funny though because he had to cook food. The and Smiling he had the Brown bartend. Starfish. <laughs> 
I'm having a trouble getting my head around this. <laughs> Might as well have called it that. No, it was like a seafood restaurant in downtown Chicago. It was like his first bar job in Chicago. Okay. Prior to the manhole. But it was cool for me because I was like, you know, 19 at the time. So I could go there and get free drinks. And, you know, that was kind of like my tartar. Yeah, and get like a swordfish steak. But so anyway, I was hanging out with him, with uh, my brother and his drug dealer and his, my drug dealer's friend who yeah. oddly resembled Wolverine. Just kind of like the stocky guy with that Wolverine kind of haircut, you know, the points. Yeah, you never see that haircut in real life. Yeah, well, I you think have, maybe apparently. it's because this guy was Mexican or something. I don't know. Maybe Mexican yeah. dude. Wolverine's do that. not Mexican. Though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he looked like a Mexican Wolverine. Like, God. Uh, Los yeah, Wolverine. <laughs> El Wolverine. I think he was just called El Burro. <laughs> El Burravine. But uh, no, anyway, we were outside. We were bored. We went to go smoke some weed. So we we're standing in the alley just smoking weed. And chatting, not even really thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, this dude just turns the corner and grabs the Wolverine guy who was holding the joint and, like, shoves him up against the wall. And I'm like, I'm looking at this guy. The guy's wearing a red beret. Yeah. He's got the outfit on. And he's like, I'm making assistance arrest. He's you like, kind of be like, backup. is that a mime? <laughs> the first thought has to be like, who's this guy in a red you know, beret? I, I thought he was a parking attendant or something. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what was going on. But at first, I mean, I was scared shitless because, you know, I'm not, like 19 years old. Right. I, I don't live in Chicago. I don't know, you know, the customs of Chicago. I don't know the police force. I thought it was like a special section, you know, a special brigade of the Chicago police force. Right. Like Chicago special like police forces. Like the Marines have the green berets. Yeah. And this and is like the, the red, red <laughs> so I was just kind of like, holy shit, dude, we're busted, you know, we're smoking this joint. And uh, the, the, the guy, Ephraim, that uh, was hanging out, the big guy had like, I mean, he must have had like a pound of weed on him. Yeah. Because he was a dealer. So anyway, like the, the Wolverine guy that was like being held against the wall got the better of the guardian angel dude and essentially just smashed his face into the wall a few times. <laughs> and then he threw the guardian angel on the floor and, and, and uh, the drug dealer dude and the Wolverine proceeded to foot stomp this guy into unconsciousness. <laughs> and I was standing there the whole time being like, oh my God, dude, you guys guess, just killed a cop. I guess the backup uh, never showed up. Yeah. So guardian angels never came. I was freaking out. I'm like, dude, you guys got to stop. He's a cop. They're like, he's not a cop. He's a guardian angel, dude. <laughs> Don't you think he'd be shot by now if yeah. he was a cop? And so basically, Use your head, D. They, Simon. They stopped stomping him and then he's like, yeah, let's just go somewhere else and smoke some weed. And then he just lit the joint back up and we walked away. Yeah, but so that's that's what I'm saying is, what's the point? I guess of the, the guardian angels. Well, I mean, I guess there's, there's a couple of lessons them. there. Yeah, the guardian angels should not go around by themselves trying to beat <laughs> people's trying ass to make or apprehend dudes. On big Mexican guys. Number two, the guardian angels can become overzealous when they're <laughs> when they're trying to apprehend some guy for smoking weed. Dude, like, this dude just why don't you go take care of the guy who's you know like holding up that pasta place with a two, with a shotgun, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, do something worthwhile, you know, right. with your time. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I kind of agree with you. It's like, if, if there's a shortage of comps right now in Oakland, then maybe what they need is they need a civilian force to come out, vigilantes to come out, and uh, just act as a deterrent. Yeah, I mean, I make fun of the Guardian Angels, but I'm happier that they're in Oakland right now. And, and, you gonna walk and, around and give them high fives? I would give them a high five if I saw one. Okay, well, let's say you're 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 drunk on your bike and they try to apprehend you. Oh, then I'll beat their ass with my <laughs> with my bicycle pump or my U lock and start foot stomping them. Yeah, but the reason they're needed is because just the general public is apathetic. Like if you see some guy getting beat down in Oakland, you just sort of avert your eyes, and keep walking. Or just the other day. Uh, I saw some kid uh, break a window of a car and like steal a cell phone off the seat and ride his bike away. 
And like I just watched him and was like, hmm, what Glad do you, what do you think car. about that? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, you, or you know what I really thought? That's why you don't leave shit in your car in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Because it's like, you know, I walk to my house. I probably see about um, my walk from work to my house through the Tenderloin. I probably see about eight crimes being committed a day. And really, well, it's just like you just grow jaded. Crimes, right? You're not talking about people smoking crack. Okay, all right. That's that's part of it. That's yeah, it's, it's all drug crimes. But no, I mean, cars get broken into all the time. And yeah, what am I going to do? It's, it's, you, am I going to make a citizen's arrest? Yeah, or like people, you know, pimps smacking their prostitutes. And I, I guess it's good to have like these, you know, dumbasses that are willing to put on the red beret, don yeah. the red beret, and bring out the radio and deter crime. So, you know, in essence, maybe like in the next few weeks... Two weeks, Wackerly, you might be able to go hit the bars in downtown Oakland again. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll have a change Come of out heart. Of your maybe I'll have a change of heart and I'll put on the red beret. I think. What do you that, think about that? Well, do you have the gun yet? Did you no, buy a gun? No, yet? well, that's why I'm not going to restaurants. Once I get the gun, I'll go back yeah. to restaurants. Maybe once you get the gun, you should get the beret. You're not allowed to have a gun as a guardian angel, though. That's one of their precepts. Okay, well then, don't be a guardian angel. Just be like you know the whack man and just get an outfit. You know what color? What color is up for grabs? It can't be a green beret because that's already something. I can't be a. I'm the thinking, red beret is the guardian angels. What can I get a different color I'm beret? And just fuchsia would be perfect for you. And just go out <laughs> the fuchsia beret. The guy who just blows people away at the drop of a hat yeah you don't ask any questions dude <laughs> no yeah you don't have time for that a week later i'll just be taking money from people <laughs> the fuchsia beret this is a community safety fund give me 20 bucks well people this is uh episode 136 here of sick and wrong we're actually before i do the recap of uh 135 we have a special shot i'd like to do plus this jim beams you know not getting any colder we have like memorial shots every week. It's what a world we live in. Well, you know, sometimes you need to commemorate certain events, and so this but is always really... something tragic, is what I'm saying. Well, it's this like, makes this, me want to not get up in the morning. This is a tragedy, but I want to wish her the best. I really do. This is someone. This is basically, you know, someone who I idolized when I was a child. You know, when, when I was a kid, the only two women really that were masturbation fodder for me was Daryl Hannah. I love Daryl Hannah. I don't yeah, know why. And Stupid though, Kelly Bundy. Yeah, Dude, Kelly, Kelly Bundy. Bundy, I can't even tell you how many socks I filled up with my man batter with <laughs> Kelly Bundy. No, seriously. I mean, what's like, with what's with the blonde thing? You don't date blondes. I've never known you to date a blonde. When I was in like, you know, you never, sixth grade, you never bagged seventh one or grade, what? I was yeah, I bagged a couple, but I mean, when I was in sixth grade, Kelly Bundy, that was it. Yeah. She was she was the epitome hot, of hot stupid chick. and slutty. And with a great set of knockers. Yes. Smashing pumpkins. Tates. And you know, you know what I read today is something that totally, you know, just kind of left me depressed. But at the same time, you know, I'm optimistic for her future. So she had breast cancer. Oh, you just, and, read, uh, you just read that today? You must, your girlfriend must not. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, girlfriend. <laughs> you must not get us weekly. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm not in the loop on uh, chick news here. But she just had a mastectomy. And I guess she had like a portion of both breasts removed. Yeah. And so I imagine she's probably in the next few months going to get a, like this, you know, amazing breast implants, you know, a series of implants here. They're just going to be incredible. Better than before. Dude, she's going to have breasts. They're going to be eternal. Breasts for the ages. Yes. And so for that, I, I want to model them on her old. I want to drink. They were great. I want to do a shot here to uh, Kelly Bundy's tits. All right, we will miss well, you. Well, we will miss the uh, cancerous we'll like ones, the new ones, but better. we like the new ones even better. Best of health here, Kelly Monday. Ah, that beam. It's so smooth. I you love know, beam. I don't know if I've told you that before or in the last five minutes. Don't you think she'd be quite impressed that uh, two podcasters 
are doing a shot to her, uh, you know, her health. I hope she emails me and we have sex. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> so a uh, quick recap of uh, last week's episode 135. Uh, Wackerly, you did a story about a hobo shit pool. Uh, <laughs> listeners sent in a story about a preacher who chopped up his wife. And I did a story about a decapitated divorcee. I actually, surprisingly, I thought the listener was going to win, but I came in with 86 votes. Listener came in second with 72, and you came way in the back with 38. All right. From Which is losing, unfortunate, though. I think as being the losing position I should make, I get to make more comments <laughs> just as a, as a consolation prize. I've been thinking about that hobo shit pit. Do you think it's still there? I mean, who has who has cleaned it up? Even well, do, with a do week, you, do you want to go there and no, check it out? Just, <laughs> like do a documentary just on this? Conceptually, it's, yeah, you there's know, still a pit in that forest that has hobo shit in it, dude. I bet Nobody's you, cleaned it up. I bet you the hobos still shit in They're the pit. They're still shitting in it. They probably still shit in the pit. <laughs> you know, though, if you think about it, if it wasn't, if these stories weren't based on just being sick and wrong, they're based on being humorous. I think you probably would have won. Does yeah. that make you feel better? No. <laughs> Just think about Kelly Bundy's tits. Although this week I've got a zinger. Well, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacker and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. We present them here on the show. Audience votes, winner gets a case of beer. Throw in a wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Wackerly, I believe I started last week. So uh, why don't you start off episode 136 with uh, your zinger? Of All a right. story. It's so dark in here, I can barely read this, but. You quit your bitch. I'll muddle through. <laughs> I love you, bitch. Apparently, something happened at a Burger King on Orange Street in Xenia, Ohio this you, past week. You know, I'm kind of blown away being how. This, you know, twisted of a town Xenia is, and the fact that it was, a, you know, the subject of a, of a documentary like Gummo, I'm surprised this is the only sick and wrong story that we've ever done from Xenia, Ohio. Uh, I'm sure we've done other stories from the vicinity. Um, you know, Xenia is like a small township, but yeah, this is the first one that's been, Xenia has been ground zero. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, some workers, did I mention it was Burger King? Yeah, I did. Uh, some workers at a Green County restaurant is Burger King a restaurant? Does it qualify as a restaurant? Does fast food qualify as food? That's the question. We'll, we'll have to leave that up to the listeners to decide. Some workers at a Green County restaurant are in hot water with the health department. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I can kind of see where this is going. <laughs> a four-minute video posted on MySpace.com. Remember how we used to just love anything that had to do with MySpace back when it was new, like three years ago when we started this podcast? You like, mean if, like, uh, you know, a killer had his pictures, killer on, had his pictures my... on there or something? Now yeah. MySpace is so common, it's just like, you know, does it, it's on the internet. That's all Yeah, that it's means. trite now. We don't even care. Yeah, in a four-minute video on the MySpace with these kids today with their MySpaces. Does, hey, does John McCain have a MySpace page? Yes, he does. I've seen <laughs> it. <laughs> Gotta check that out. Yeah. Um... This four-minute video on that website <laughs> captured the employee, uh, the self-described Mr. Unstable, I guess is his MySpace name, which is a bad sign to begin with when he's making your food at Burger King. I'm surprised he got hired, but yeah, the not video, really. <laughs> the video showed him bathing nude in a large stainless steel sink as several other employees and a store manager looked on. They don't, they don't make it clear... <laughs> 
They don't. <laughs> was this during the shift? They don't make it clear whether this is during the sh- during business uh, hours. Business hours. Or not. Yeah, I'm wondering about that. The video began making its rounds on the internet Monday morning. One of the recipients was Green County Health Commissioner Mark McDonald. <laughs> my first thought was, "Oh my God!" Said Mark McDonald. <laughs> McDonald immediately immediately sent staff to rest to the restaurant to investigate the numerous health code violations that were just in this single video. And D, here are the pictures. <laughs> oh God, dude! Take take them away! Take them away! <laughs> These are screen captures from the video, and he is really in there. I mean, when when I read this first, he must I, be a small guy. I think oh, those those are big things. Sink. Those are big things. <laughs> You've worked in fast food, right? I, I worked at a Burger King. Oh my God! Yeah, in uh, Bay City, Michigan. And he has Michigan. some tattoos. Tattoos. Um, he's, <laughs> he's really tattooed. in there. When I read the text of this thing, I thought like they were saying he's bathing in a sink. I'm thinking like sponge bath. Like he's got an elbow in there, scrubbing it. Like, oh, check this out, guys. He's like fully he's submerged. submerged. He's submerged in the, tub in the, in the uh, with a huge grin on his face in the sink. In, in the same sink that they 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 like defrost your Whopper meat patties. Yeah, it's disgusting. So in a little cross story pollination, we were talking about how like people are just apathetic, you know, when you see a crime. Um, all of the employees that were there were fired. <laughs> <laughs> just everyone that actually witnessed it? Which seems a little harsh because like we were saying with the Oakland thing, it's kind of your natural instinct to see something like astonishing and just be kind of like a deer in the headlights stunned. Just like, Either that or what pull is out going- a video camera and encourage it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but like, what is going on? What do, what do I do in this situation where my coworker just got butt-ass naked and got into the sink where we washed the burger-flipping utensils? The only thing that I could think of is like maybe throwing like a little dye capsule in the water. I, I can't think of anything else. So there's paint all over his skin. They can identify him later. Blue dye, so he's a smurf. Yeah. Um... The health inspector said, you can't account for everybody's stupid actions, but when things do happen, if you respond to it and take the appropriate actions, that's reassuring. So were they laughing? Was that their reaction? That might be. They don't make uh, that clear, but that might be why they were all fired, because they were laughing their asses off. Like, this is really funny. Wait till that customer comes in that we hate, and we know that the you know you just flipped his burger with your fucking ass pubes. <laughs> That doesn't even make any sense what I just said. But some Burger King patrons don't agree that everything is fine now, that they, you know, so what? they're not gonna patronize the, the Burger King? Where where are they gonna get a Whopper now? Yeah. They live in Zeno, Ohio. There's probably one Burger King. Yeah. Uh so it's this or McDonald's and we all know what the who Yeah, your big at. fish sandwich, where are you gonna get it? You really do know a lot about Burger King. I worked there for about <laughs> a week. I got fired. Did you ever bathe in the sink? No, I never bathed in the sink. I got fired for throwing a, a thing of fries at a patron. Oh, okay. Yeah. At least that's not a health code violation. He was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and the job is stressful, well, dude. Well, I being, tell you what. Being that stressful. you worked here and being that you got pissed off at a patron, here's a comment from a patron. And tell me if this sounds like typical, the syntax that a Burger King patron would use. That's just, it's wrong. It's a place where families come to eat and them taking a bath in the sink, that's just not worth work ethic. <laughs> Does that sentence make I mean, I know what she's getting at, but it really doesn't make sense. Yeah, but the thing is... She's left out words and put words in that didn't belong there. But, you know, the thing is with her, I'm sure her mother, who is also her aunt... Yeah. And who is also her grandmother, has probably bathed her in the family sink. Yeah, At but least that- several times. They grew, grew up in Xenia, Ohio, dude. <laughs> 
She doesn't have a she doesn't have a uh, you know a family tree that branches out. Right. It's a stump. It's a stump. stump. It's her one big vine. Maybe you could describe <laughs> it like that. It goes underground. And then obviously another good aspect of the story is this is like a gold mine for local news, like the I, local I, I, investigative yeah. reporter. So uh, two news reporter Megan O'Rourke, uh, Megan O'Rourke, keeping you safe by not letting you eat at Burger King. She, uh, she went down to the Xenia Burger King and they uh, immediately turned her away at the door and said, talk to corporate. <laughs> <laughs> and being the great reporter that she is, she went back to her cubicle and called BK corporate. And Burger King corporate said that uh, they were just notified of this incident and they are cooperating fully with the health, the health department. They have sanitized the sink and have disposed of all other kitchen tools and utensils that were used during this incident. <laughs> Does that anything seem wrong for you about that? Dude, how do they sanitize the sink? Why don't you throw the fucking sink out and pay for a new one? You're Burger King. You get the bur- yeah. you get the king money. I was about to say, it's like, why would they have to sanitize the sink? How would they sanitize the sink? Right. And Burger King is known as BK, for yeah, sure. BK. And we have a poster who's also known as BK. He's had, he's had multiple handles. I wonder, But he's from England, so I wonder he's if they have... Guy. Do they know. have the king over there? The Burger King? Does the, he know what the significance is? It's probably Potato King. Boiled yeah. Potato King. That's, a, that's just an aside. But, but uh, let me close out. <laughs> Did you want to say something? No, I want to make a comment after you close here. Let me close it out. There's another comment from Crystal, the, the typical BK Is this off patron. the script? I'm totally improv. You're totally dude. improv. This is this improv. Is a character. Sick and wrong. <laughs> this is my my crystal BK patron character that I've always developed. Uh, once she found out that they just uh, scrubbed the sink out, she said, "That's just disgusting. I wouldn't want to eat here after I heard something like that. That's just not appropriate for employment. <laughs> this kind of stunt really is a black eye for the restaurant itself." Dude, I love the Xenia accent. Yeah. It's kind of a generic southern accent. So, but you know what? Okay, I have a couple of questions. One, the kid who bathed, how old was he? I'm judging by the pictures. I'm going to say 18 to 22. Okay, so he might not be a Burger King lifer yet, but so he's a young guy, tattooed, probably a skateboarder, making a joke here. Oh yes, he's he's anarchistic. That's the whole I point will of it. bet you dollars to donuts. He got some ass from doing this, dude. He's no he, seriously the notoriety. He probably went to high school next day. Everyone's like, you know, high fiving him. Like they dude. all saw the MySpace video. Yeah, and it's like it's made its rounds, dude. This is his like, you know, fifteen minutes of fame. Well, I, I more power my, to him. In my experience, girls like clean dudes better than filthy dudes. Exactly. Uh, so that would be a, in his plus category. And a lot of um, these skater punk rock types need to take a bath. Right, they crust do. punks. Do you know any the crust crusties, punks? The crusties need to take. Yeah, a bath. I don't like them. But but my question to you was: when you worked at Burger King, would would it, was it your wish that most of your employees or coworkers you didn't own a did Burger take King? A bath. No, I didn't. <laughs> could use a bath? Could they have used a bath? That's Dude, my everyone could use a bath there because you just smell like onion rings. And everyone grease, smells like onion rings in thing. Greece. You leave that place, you reek like it. You change your clothes, you take a shower, and you still kind of reek like it. Yeah, well, maybe so, Burger King should think about putting, um, you know, employee shower stalls into the franchises, and then this sort or like of thing those would chemical happen. shower stall things. <laughs> I can see that. So, hydrochloric acid. So Wackerly, okay, just just this is going to help me determine how much to, to uh, rank this article. Would you continue to eat at this Burger King, knowing full well 
that some punk rock kid bathed in the sink. That particular Burger King or yeah. Burger King in general? That particular Burger King. Let's if say they... you lived in Xenia, Ohio. You found out that some kid bathed in the sink. Would you avoid the place forever? <clears throat> or would you be like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't really care. That's a good question. Xenia is pretty small. They probably only have this one Burger King. I don't eat that food. See, if Burger King would have said, we ripped that sink out and burnt the shit out of it and put a new sink in, then I'd be like, yeah. And they fired the kid. Yeah. Then I can see that. Um... But no, the fact that they said they scrubbed the sink out, I would never put my lips around one of those burgers. Again. So you Ever. So on Sick and Wrong Star Scale, what are you giving that? 3.75. <laughs> the listeners will see the photos and they'll realize my amusement. I'm giving it a 3.5. And the main reason is because I thought initially when you're, re- you're reading the story during the narration, I thought that you're going to say that he jacked off in someone's Whopper. So it could have been much, much worse. Dude, I would seriously much rather have some kid bathing in the sink than masturbating in my food. Wait a minute. I, I will not let you just drop that on me. You would rather... Wait a minute, wait. You'd rather have jism on your burger? No, I'd rather have a kid bathing in the sink than jizzing in my burger. Right. And that happens let at, me, at let me Kings. Let me formulate this in my head before my mouth starts working. I would much rather eat jism on a burger than have <laughs> Dude, that's ass, still going to be quoted. <laughs> than have ass fecal matter in my burger, which is what's going to happen if this guy, if somebody washes a, uh, like a, you know, whatever, the spatula in this sink that he's had his dirty ass in, and then they flip your burger with that. Dude, there's soap you know, in this that. Was, there's you know, soap. There's, would you there's rather, soap. Would, so you're saying you would rather eat shit than semen. No, I'm not. What I'm saying. That's what you're saying. If, if, if this dude put a used condom in your burger, you bit into it, how disgusted would you be if uh, you found out, well, actually, you know, the, the, you know the, those burgers were defrosted in a sink that someone took a bath in? <laughs> I'd be. I'd be very disgusted, but I'd be more disgusted if it was like some dude wiped his ass with this burger and you just ate it. Dude, he didn't wipe his ass with the burger. He took a bath in a sink. And then people were going to wash the spatulas in that sink and then flip your burger. It's way worse to have a condom in your burger. I'm so, I don't know. We, we can leave this open to the listeners, but I'm giving it 3-5 because of that. This is like the cum pusseria question. <laughs> I know. I, you know, I, I think it's completely arbitrary. <laughs> My story is completely unrelated to that one. There, there's no, well, there's no fast food restaurants so, yeah. at all that take place in my story here. So you might have actually heard of this one. Um, it happened, in, and, and that's why I think it kind of skirts the line of being valid for sick and wrong, because usually we always do current stories. Yeah, when you're one of the hosts, you can bend the rules. But, you know, I don't know if this is technically bending the rules. So, in actuality, the crime took place in 2005, but the guy is currently being, uh, he's on trial for a, yeah, a federal trial for the death penalty for these charges, and now the facts are coming out about exactly what happened. So I feel that it's still relevant to this day. I'm down. Go for okay. it. So this occurred in Boise, Idaho. Um, you might have heard about it. It's this guy named Joseph Edward Duncan. He uh, murdered a family and kidnapped and molested two children. Uh, this happened in 2005, and right now he's being tried uh, for his crimes. Is he part of the Dunkin' Donuts family? 
Uh, no, actually, his uh, his name is spelled D U N C A N, not D U N K I N. So he's not a rich dude, is what you're saying? Yeah, I don't think this guy's rich. I think he he's doesn't just have a the psychopath. donut money. I think he's just a psychopath. But what I do want to preface this story with is uh, for all you psychopaths out there, or future psychopaths, or psychopaths in the making, I'm speaking to you, Iron Man, aspiring psychopaths, <laughs> yeah, aspiring psychopaths. This is a good story to listen to because you should be taking notes right now. This guy pretty much spells it out. If you want to go commit, you know, a random murder, you need to do your homework. Yeah. And, and the guy, first lesson is it can't really be random. You need to plan it out. Yeah, exactly. Now, this guy is completely premeditated. He researched police investigation procedures and took many steps to avoid getting caught. This dude should be your inspiration. He should be your influence. So listen up, and uh, you can learn something. You can learn to become a psychopath. Right. Or is it a psychopath or a sociopath? Because a psychopath's crazy. This guy isn't crazy. He's a sociopath. I don't think he has right. any feelings. Yeah. And one of the things I think that confuses aspiring sociopaths is the whole uh, you don't want to have a pattern because then the investigators will like establish your profile from the pattern. So they do. They go out and commit the random murder Just without random with murder, no but... planning. The whole thing is, and that's how they get caught. Do the planning, but every time you do a murder, like plan it a little differently. But either you gotta do or, your planning, either or do it sporadically, or do it, you know, enough of a distance away that you're not gonna get caught. But right. this guy did his homework. Yeah. So it happened in Boise, Idaho. The crime was meticulously planned. The killer choreographing every step, from his surveillance of the doomed North Idaho family, to the videotaped torture of one of his youngest victims. It's true psychopath this guy yeah it sounds like uh, right along the lines of uh, the red dragon the red book. dragon no exactly thomas harris the guy uh the guy in the red dragon the uh the the antagonist he sat he in the tree in the backyard he sat in the tree he like you know uh, sur surveyed the family um he definitely planned out he's completely premeditated so duncan's uh federal hearing right now opened this past wednesday with u.s attorney thomas moss laying out the gruesome details of how duncan decimated the grown family all because he wanted to live out his fantasy and exact a terrible revenge on society for perceived wrongs as soon as they start bringing up perceived wrongs <laughs> crazy talk yeah so maybe psychopath is correct so now the worst part about it is that uh, duncan pled guilty to 10 federal charges in the 2005 kidnapping of shasta and dylan grown and the murder of the boy Dylan. Yeah, I did um, it. Three of those charges carry death, the death penalty. The jury now has to decide if he'll spend life in prison without parole or be executed for his crimes. But, you know, not even including that. So the guy already pled guilty. The district attorney here, Moss, told jurors that they'd still have to watch video footage of the sadistic sexual torture of the nine-year-old Dylan Groen, the, the boy, filmed shortly before the uh, man killed him. Why? Don't you think that's a bit excessive? You can't leave anything up to chance, though, if you're the prosecutor. But the dude already confessed to murdering these people. Three charges that carry, you know, uh, a penalty of, uh, of of death. Right, but you have to you have to account for that that last that final most sentimental, most vulnerable juror that's going to say, "Yeah, but his." His dad touched his butthole when he was eight, so really he's insane, and he, you know, not guilty by virtue of insanity. Yeah, you, you have having to, to watch a sadistic but that's sexual the point. torture you, video of a nine-year-old. That you know what, and this is what we kind of have in common with uh, 
a prosecutorial attorney is is their job is to completely and utterly horrify the jurors, with the, the jurors. with the crime, which uh, I, which I guess is our incentive. And if as you well. leave if you leave any stone any horrific stone unturned, you're not doing your job because you want the, <laughs> you want the jury to be so disgusted that they're like. Let's just rip that guy to shreds right now. That's the sentence. We're all going to go up there and just tear his body apart because he's disgusting. So jurors are going to have to watch this video footage of the uh, they haven't yet. sexual Is that torture of the boy. No, they're going to. Okay. Uh, Duncan actually, then, um, at the time, after he made this video, forced the then eight-year-old Shasta Groen, the sister of the victim, the sole survivor of these crimes, to watch that video. And he made her watch standing so close... Her clothes were splattered by blood as he killed his brother while he's, she was watching the video. This guy's a true, true uh, uh, psychopath. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, Duncan's representing himself. He told the jury I Wednesday. love that. <laughs> he told the jury Wednesday that pretty much all of what the uh, district attorney said was fair and accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not even disagreeing. Right. He's like, I'm guilty. So why, did, why represent yourself? I mean, usually people represent themselves because they're like, I'm, I don't have any money to hire my own attorney, but I think this, this state-appointed attorney is a moron, so I'm going to do it myself because I think I'm going to get myself off. But if you're just going to confess, then why not have the state Well, attorney? that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't actually think this guy is truly insane. I don't think there's a pathology here. I, I kind of think he is. Yeah, that's no, my I don't point. think he's insane. I think he's guilty. And I think he knows what he did was wrong, and I think he just wants to die for his crimes. So why doesn't he let the state-appointed attorney just plead that case? Because an attorney is going to argue that he's innocent or try yeah, to like, get him saying. off a lesser I see charge. where you're coming from. He's like, you know what? I'm, I, I did all this. Yeah. You should kill me. The, the state-appointed attorney is going to use kid gloves and Dude, try and try and get me. Uh, even if I tell him I want to die, he's still going to try and get or me it, a lesser you know, charge. Well, they said, too, that uh, you know, he has a history of sexual abuse, and he doesn't want that brought up at all during this trial. He doesn't want the jury to know about that. He doesn't want it to be swayed. He's like, you know what? Listen, I did all this. So and his daddy did touch his butthole. His daddy he's did not, touch his He's butthole. not telling that but story. But the jury doesn't know that. Right. So the broad outlines of this case are well known by now. This happened back in May 2005. A Duncan, Joseph Duncan, broke into the Grown family's uh, Coeur d'Alene home. That's their last name? G-R-O-A-N? G-R-O-E-N-E. Is it Groney? Grain? I don't, know. I don't yeah. even know how to say it. The, he fatally bludgeoned 13-year-old Slade Groen. Uh, he bludgeoned uh, Slade's mother, Brenda, and her boyfriend, Mark McKenzie. I mean, he killed three people before abducting uh, 8-year-old Shasta and 9-year-old Dylan. Yeah. Well, the adults aren't going to let you take the children if you just, if you just ask nicely. <laughs> so they say that he had researched police investigation procedures and took many steps to avoid getting caught. And this is the part you should take notes here. He told jurors this. He brought two large tennis shoes at a thrift store so no bloody footprints would uh, point police toward him. He wiped down the shotgun shells before he loaded them so no fingerprints would be left behind. He loaded the first shot with BB pellets because he thought he'd have to shoot the family dogs and didn't necessarily want to kill them. Yeah, he's an animal lover, this guy. He had a video camera, computer, a GPS device filled with locations he thought would be handy, such wow. as potential campsites. A regular MacGyver. He bought with him a heavy-duty framing hammer, which he used to bludgeon the older victims. On the night of the murders, he had a low-visibility red bulb flashlight, which he used to guide his way. He peered into the children's windows, saw them sleeping. When one of the family dogs awoke, he was frightened that he retreated to the fence. What he ended up doing was giving the dogs poison steak. 
Yeah, which is, which is pretty amazing. Antifreeze works also. Antifreeze, yeah. He, uh, if that he thought thought if the back door was locked, he was going to abort the mission completely. Turns out, in Coeur d'Alene, you don't need to lock your back door. <clears throat> Other, um, and contrary to Oakland, in Oakland, you want to double lock your back door. <laughs> Bolt that thing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what Duncan ended up doing is he entered the home. He bound the family, took the youngest children outside, and systematically beat the other, fa- the older family mothers to death in front of the uh, two young children. Then he drove away with Dylan and Shasta, making sure they knew he had killed their relatives as he headed deep into the Montana wilderness. Uh, they camped for several weeks at the end of a remote forest road. Uh, when he, when Duncan left the camp, he tied the children to a tree with a dog chain so they couldn't escape. On June 22nd, Duncan uh, left Shasta at the camp. He took Dylan to a remote mining cabin. He had the boy at the cabin for about three hours. Uh, prosecutors n- now know what happened during 30 of those minutes because he videotaped the uh, sexual abuse and torture, which he showed to the kid. After he returned to the campsite, the first thing he did was he showed the girl the video and then um, at some point over the next four days, he accidentally shot the little boy. And the boy wandered out, clutching his stomach where he'd been hit. Uh, then the little girl watched as Duncan walked over to Dylan, held the gun next to his head, pulled the trigger. The gun didn't fire. He reloaded, fired again. Uh, the way the little girl describes it, her brother's head just simply exploded. Duncan then wrapped the body in a tarp. Asked the girl to help him out with it, threw it on a campfire, and let it burn for several days until it was reduced to ashes. So, this story is extremely verbose. <laughs> it's extremely graphic as well. But I do have a question. So, the big, the big plot point in uh, the movie Red Dragon or whatever, Manhunter, whatever version you're watching, is how the murderer chose that family. And it's, like, revealed at the end in some, like, big twist, right? How he, like figured out that that was the family he was going to victimize. And so, didn't he, like, take uh, take take steps well, to, like, put mirrors in their eyes so they could watch him commit the crimes? I mean, he had... Right, but I think that's just a little flashy element. Like, the big plot point and the and the, the story arc of the, of the movie and the book are, like, how, why did he pick this guy? Like, that's the key turning point to, like, once they figure out how they... How the murderer picks the family, that's how they figure out who it is. So does it say, like, why this dude victimized this family versus some other one? Well, okay. With all, with all the planning involved. Like, we're, that's the whole point. It's not a crime of passion. Like, he thought about it. Why did he pick these guys? I think the reason he picked this family was for the sake of convenience. He found that this family, you know, he scoped out the family. It was premeditated. He knew that there was a you know a little girl, a little boy. It's exactly what he wanted. So he just drove around a neighborhood. Was yeah, like, there were several. Like, like, there were that several family, homes that, that family has out. a big Rottweiler. Oh, this yeah, one looks like you know, a good, that one. Good you know, candidate. has a golden retriever. Yeah. I don't care about that one. Yeah. But the same thing with the guy with the red dragon. If you recall, he worked at like a Photoshop. Right. And so he would get pictures and he would look and see. Okay, well the guy's not like you know big crazy ex marine here as the yeah. dad. Well, and then he would. Scope I don't really it think out. that's. I think it was like wow, this family has a really hot mom <laughs> and by the way sorry to anybody who hasn't seen the movie or read the book but i guess you don't have to <laughs> so apparently to make a long story short the way he got caught is he uh i guess he felt sympathy after killing the boy he accidentally did it he was freaking out he said to the little girl that he was going to turn himself in and the little girl like was like you should do that and he goes and he claimed that she taught him how to love so he went to denny's <laughs> brought her breakfast <laughs> At 1.30 a.m., 
A waitress recognized the little girl, have called ever, the police, and he was caught. Have you ever seen those little drawings, or I think maybe they even make little figurines from maybe the late mid to late seventies? The Love Is collection. Wait, <laughs> like you, Love Is a warm puppy or something, and then there's a little like infantile looking boy and a girl playing with a puppy. Or did, did you remember that one Simpsons Love Is two naked eight year olds saying things to each other? Right, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know then. exactly. That like really. Twisted, disturbing comic. So, are they gonna are they gonna release a version to go along with this story? They Lo- love should. is blowing a young child's <laughs> brother's head off, and then right and then her. turning yourself into the cops. I'd like to see that one. I, you know, it, quite possibly. But you know, it, you know, enough said about this story here. But in conclusion, if anyone deserves the death penalty. I think it's this guy. Right. And he, I think he even wants it himself. I don't really understand him. He, he was fine with molesting children and murdering their parents, but once he murdered the child, he had felt remorse. Yeah, he accidentally did it, started screaming. Uh, apparently, according to the, the girl's eyewitness statement, she started, he started screaming, oh, God, oh, God, and was crying about it. Yeah, he's, he's off his nut. Yeah, I don't think that's the most level-headed guy. And I think the world. other thing to take away from this is don't be that family that the guy picks, you know? Lock your back door. Get a Rottweiler. Right. Or, you know, display lots of taxidermy in your home and, like, a very visible gun case. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, go buy a pit bull. Multiple pit bulls. Multiple pit bulls. You're Press not going to so, I'm giving it a 4.9. I'm giving it a five star all the way. Dude, five star. If you think about the atrocity of this crime, this little girl's eight years old, the sole survivor. Her whole family's dead. Right. And look what she had to live through. She will go on to spawn and to continue the genetic line. I think she's going to be Jenna Jameson. (laughs) I'm giving it five stars. The the weeping, uh, disturbing porn star. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Five. Five for that one. We'll we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. Very disturbing. And I guarantee he's going to get the death penalty. So the listener submission of uh, for this week here came from Stefan Haley, a uh, fan in Sweden. He says, I love your show, and uh, you show just how funny the sickness can be in the world. I came across this news article, and I thought I'd submit it for the podcast. Hope you can use it. I thought it was just sick and wrong. Keep up the great work. Your fan in Sweden, Stefan. According to this detective here in Parkland, Washington, puppies fed on cancer victim. So, Wankerly, have you ever heard... That if you die in your apartment and your body's just, you know, in your apartment rotting, that your cat will eat you. Yeah, we've, haven't we done stories like that? We, we probably have, but haven't you always heard that your dog will not eat you and sit faithfully next to your side? Till it dies itself. Till it dies itself. Yeah, I mean, dogs, everybody knows that dogs are more loyal and they have a, a, a more of a, bond, a psychological bond with their I question owners. that assertion. I question that loyalty because in this story... I'm about to do here from Parkland, Washington. Puppies fed on this cancer victim. Puppies, cute little puppies. Right, but maybe that's the maybe that's the operative word because we're not talking about a dog who lived with its owner for a long time and developed that bond. You're talking about puppies who are like, they're I don't hungry. even know what the fuck you are. I can't little, even see very well. Teeth, dude. They barely even have any teeth. They're fucking sharp though. So it's a cute way to die, though. <laughs> it is pretty cute. <laughs> I kind of that's my new preferred preferred death method. It's just so cute. It's like new being, new suicide method. Seriously, dude, it's like being mauled by bunnies. Fifty starving like puppies. Being by chicks. Yeah. 
Oh, gold retriever puppies. Unfed puppies may be to blame for the gruesome attack on the wheelchair-bound cancer patient who was critically injured while trapped inside his own home. Investigators said 55-year-old Michael Warner was put in an unthinkable situation by his daughter and her friend, who was also his unlicensed caretaker. Yeah, I can think about it. Yeah. It's not unthinkable. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. That's kind of an overstatement. An awful situation is, I think, what they meant. But the fact of the matter is, it's like, dude, what the hell kind of caretaker is that? Not a good one. You leave your dad just sitting there to get mauled by puppies? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Warner was attacked. I don't want to be left the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> you make a little Britain reference? Yes. Uh, Warner was attacked after he was left lying on the floor of his home. Uh, 18 puppies and several adult dogs who had been given no food for days were the ones that were responsible for the attack. So not only are they bad cancer patient caretakers, they're also bad puppy owners yeah they, i mean they neglected the puppies and their own father warner is unable to care for or defend himself due to his deteriorating medical conditions so yeah he was just mauled to death by these cute little puppies a uh, detective here ed troyer believes some animals were left behind that were not fed and some of the puppies got to him he says quote unquote not intentionally attacked him but used him as a food source. <laughs> There's just not a nicer way to say it. <laughs> he was essentially a Big Mac. So he's not paralyzed. Like, he can actually feel the puppies chewing his toes off. Yeah, dude. I mean, this guy is in... Oh, he's probably on pain... Well, actually, he probably wasn't getting his pain medication. Yeah, I mean, if if they're not feeding the puppies or, or rolling this dude over to alleviate his bed sores, they're not giving him his Vicodin 5. He had been at the home for several days. As of Monday afternoon, he remained in critical condition and was unable to communicate with detectives. The case came to light when um, the woman, the daughter here, brought her father to the hospital with injuries. <laughs> Belle and her friend were both arrested, accused of failing to take care of their father. I we brought him to the hospital, didn't I? <laughs> the detective here believes that there may be some drugs involved. I imagine it might be marijuana. They probably got so stoned. They forgot about poor old dad. Yeah, I think they're taking his pain pills is what I think. And they're <laughs> like, you know, comatose on the carpet. But dude, I mean, seriously, it's like the worst case of neglect ever in a long time. Taking this dying cancer patient's pain pills and leaving him to be mauled by cute little puppies. I know. I wonder if they come up to your face after they chewed your knee off and they like... They lick you? Well, and you're like, oh, puppy breath. It's, <laughs> it's so okay. sweet. Just... But it kind of smells like also like my ass crack because <laughs> they just been eating my ass off. Yeah, but you know, he was probably sitting there, obviously coherent because he just has cancer. And he was lying back just thinking, you know, you're eating my leg, but you're just so cute. <laughs> just eat it. It's, it's conflicting. It's... <laughs> I know, exactly. You know, you're going to let him do it. It's like being mauled by koalas. Did they say what kind of puppies they are? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, actually, I think they're pit bulls, <laughs> judging by the pictures. Yeah, but all puppies are cute. Unless, they are. Unless it's so like a cute. hairless, you know, retarded scoliosis spine puppy. Yeah, or one of those hairless cats. So the the pairs, uh, the, the two women, Yvonne Bell and her friend here, Jennifer Markwith, were in court on uh, this past Monday, but no charges have been filed against them. Possible criminal neglect charges are pending investigation. I'm thinking uh, that they probably 
should be tried with some kind of criminal neglect. Is the dude living? Did he live through this puppy? Yeah, but he's in critical condition, unresponsive at the moment. Oh, coma. He probably has chunks of flesh taken out by the puppies. Right. Little puppy teeth bites. So yeah. cute. So soft and warm. <laughs> so cute, dude. Yeah. So soft and warm. Those I want puppy a puppy bites. to bite me. <laughs> Apparently, all the dogs are rounded up and impounded. So, on the sick and wrong star scale, okay, yeah, it's a cute way to die. It's different. It's it's different. It's, it's a, new it's a, and exciting. It, but it, but the, you know, I'm grading it a four because of the criminal neglect of his caretakers. Four and it's a his quarter. Daughter. Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Because they also neglected the puppies, even though they finally did get their meal. Had it been bunnies, would you have graded it higher? Cute little bunnies. Bunnies aren't that cute. Gnawing on your bunnies aren't insides. that cute. Bunnies are cute until you look up underneath their head at inside their mouth. How Those is that te- cute? No, they're not cute. That's oh, my okay. point. You're they're... saying they're cute until you look inside their mouth. When they have you ever seen a bunny open its mouth and like about to chew on a carrot? It's quite frightening. You know, I don't really they examine these, bunnies. They have those long teeth that really could just tear your dick off. So you can see, you could, it's conceivable that this bunny could just be ripping out chunks of flesh. Yeah. yeah seen, su- that wouldn't surprise me. I've seen Holy Grail. I know how fearsome bunnies can be. Well, that bunny exploded. It's a different story. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. Go vote. SickandWrongPodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 136 here. Feel free to call the Sick and Wrong Junk Dial line. You think that dial a slut chick is busy? 206-666. 3846. At 206-666-3846. Can I help you, sir? Wackily, we're nearing the end of the show here. So, um, as usual, we tend to get to listener emails and phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. People, call the Sick and Wrong Hotline at 206-666-3846. Send us an email, sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. I know we have a number of phone calls, so um, let's start off here with call number one. Yeah, this is something we requested to be called in. Hey, it's Eric Tamara from The Mediocre Show. I think I should say this. Yeah, well, yo, that's not mud on him. (laughs) (laughs) So, So yeah, we requested that the... What's the context here? We requested that the Mediocre guys uh, call in and, and do the Philadelphia accent... For the cop commenting on the shit pit. The, okay, the shit pit story from uh, last week's episode. So that was the diphthong. And, and he obviously can do it. I, I can't even like replicate it now that I just heard it. So I'm glad he did that. He can really do a good uh, Pennsylvania accent. I didn't even know that people spoke like that over there. Yeah. It, but uh, it, thank it, you, Eric Tomorrow from The Mediocre Show for, uh, for you know showing that accent for us. Thanks for listening and confirming the request. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's uh, call number two here? Uh, well, this is another thing that we have kind of uh, engendered. <laughs> this is Ian calling in. You know, we've we've had a number of calls that kind of we're we're kind of settling old issues. Yeah. So reconciliation. Ian's, this yeah, is the reconciliation episode. Yeah, this is the reconciliation episode. So Ian's kind of confirming or retorting to some assertions that were made in previous podcasts. Uh, basically dating back to like three weeks ago to the, the the story with his breakup with a girl that had the tattoo on a, on her back of a woman pegging a guy. I think people were saying, so was Ian pegged because she had this tattoo? Aspersions were cast. 
So this is uh, the reconciliation here. We're going to hear Ian's retort. Hey, sick and wrong, uh, Lance. Indeed, this is Ian uh, from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the bad break breakup uh, episode. Uh, I'd like to retort to uh, some uh, phone calls from uh, from last week too. Um, no, I wasn't um, pegged by that young lady, Shelley. You know, he paused when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was searching for the term "pegged." <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was. But thinking, you think maybe he was he was reaching it was, deep, it was a, deep into his psyche and really considering the question. It was a pregnant pause. That's all I'm saying. Um, not that not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, sorry to be so boring. But no, it didn't happen. And because uh, my mom listens to this, I have to make that statement. But. Um, <laughs> Also, Lance, that was uh, Knight Rider. It did have a flashing Cylon light on the front. I questioned whether that was Kit that the Hasselhoff was driving. And, yeah, and, but and it, I said, I actually didn't question it. I said it wasn't. But I thought it was Kit. And, and Ian says it was. I must have just yeah. missed the uh, little light thing. You were probably just staring at Hasselhoff's eyes. Right, or his hair. Awesome And hair. Um, I'd like to put a shout out to Gary the drinks on Saturday night and uh, hi Angela bye I wonder who uh, Angela is or Gary it's a mystery yeah we, we have all these shout outs going out here so thank you Ian for calling in and uh, confirming that you did not get pegged by um, by uh, your ex-girlfriend here so you say so we're, we're kind of laying to rest this whole issue so uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, well, what's call number three? This one, other one's a little embarrassing, uh, considering the big deal we made about it. You go first. Hey, sick and wrong. It's Gary from uh, what is Minnesota. I I talked to you about how you thought that I killed a bitch on your con or was it comment line, drunken comment line, but in actuality, yeah. I actually said I just killed a fish, an actual <laughs> fish. Uh, I have a the swimming variety, <laughs> not a bitch, a fish. Yeah, but dude, bitch, fish, didn't it sound like bitch? Our our audio uh, capabilities aren't that great. Sometimes things come through a little distorted. So oh, okay, so we, so maybe that's why it sounded like that. Yeah, All fish right. tank, and Maya I killed Culpa a fish here. by accident by putting him in another tank, and he died. I decided to call your comment line. I'd just like to verify that before you get all up in arms. You should stop getting drunk and listening to your comment line and thinking that someone killed a bitch. It's a drunk I know you'd like line. to have someone call your comment line and say, I killed a bitch, but uh, it's I'm not always wasted when I'm I killed calls. a bitch. That was it. Show. You killed a bitch? No, I killed a fish. I thought you said bitch. No, I called a fish. The other guy? What the fuck is on the phone line? Fucking FBI. Get the fuck off of your FBI. Jesus Christ, I killed a fish. You killed a bitch. Stop lying, Gary. No, I killed a fish. And don't say my name on Sick and Wrong. Turn the name in the call. I Didn't killed a fish. Didn't he already say his name? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, well, Gary, I I officially apologize. Sick and Wrong officially apologizes to you. You did not kill a bitch. You killed a fish. Yeah, so any FBI people who are investigating Gary, stop right now. Rather anticlimactic, though. I was kind of hoping that there it was, you know, going to be the other result. Yeah. Well, PETA might have issues with this. Yeah, PETA might actually come down on Gary. You better watch out. Is there a PETA branch in Minnesota? I'm sure there is. I don't know. But thank you, Gary, for calling in, and I 
wholeheartedly apologize to you for thinking you killed a bitch, even though it kind of sounded like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like the fact that he was like, I'm stoned. I killed a bitch. <laughs> you know, who who gets stoned and goes and murders a woman? Yeah, and if you did murder a woman, like, who would ever think to say later that you actually killed a fish and to call into the podcast and the say that to cover alibi. it up? The perfect alibi. Yeah, but nobody would ever think that up. It's it's inconceivable. Well, people, if you have something to say, give us a call. Sick or wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. You know, we received a number of emails. got a couple things to get to. Uh, one thing I want to I want to uh, talk about right now is that uh, we got an email from Andy McVagina. It's kind of hard to say McVagina. He says, "Hey guys, the founder and CEO of the Midwest Underground Corporate Clan, aka the McCuck, uh, John, was recently hospitalized for heart problems. It would make his day if you two would wish him well on the show. You guys are the best. You know, John. I always like John. He's the leader of the McCuck." Right, and uh, I've always been a big fan of that guy. I know he moved to Chicago, so we haven't been hearing all that much about uh, the McCuck. They compiled the results from like 120 episodes at one point. Yeah, a devoted fan. Uh, all those guys over there. So, John, uh, we wish you the best and uh, Godspeed through the recovery process. Um, enjoy the pacemaker, and uh, yeah, we hope you um, fully recover. And uh, can continue listening to Sick and Wrong yeah. in the future. And if you can, uh, promote the show amongst other people that are in the hospital. You know, it's a soothing thing and a healing process to yeah, listen the to the ailing, show. Yeah, the ailing love to listen to Sick and Wrong. <laughs> I would think so. Like, I know I got it bad, but listen to these stories about these motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. It'll make you feel better. Thank you, Andy, for writing that in. And we wish you the best there, John. Um, people, if you haven't already, go sign up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. There's been a lot of interesting posts right now. I know we have like a few hundred people that post uh, on a regular basis. But uh, one of the more like fascinating posts of recent is the one someone posted. I don't know if it was Kendra or somebody posted. I want to see what your abodes look like. I want to see inside the homes of the Sick and Wrong listeners. Houses, apartments, houses, apartments, refrigerator you. boxes, you know, cardboard boxes that you live in in the tenderloin. Well, you know, it's interesting because out of all those people that are regular posters, only like maybe five posted <laughs> uh, pictures of their homes. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, fully admitting I didn't post shit. I didn't <laughs> post any pictures because you don't even want to look in my apartment. It's it's lame. It's uh, boring, but you know what? I might actually have to post a picture of my velvet over. I think you should throw the listeners a bone and post something. Okay. You you know I will because now I kind of feel obligated to do it. A picture of the dust bunny in the corner would be impressive. Yeah, I probably should or, you know, maybe my toilet seat chair. (laughs) But I kind of want to go into uh, this is a, a good opportunity here where we can talk about, you know, you know, our fans here. This is this is for the fans. This is the people who listen to Sick and Wrong. It's interesting to see how they live. But I know, Wackerly, uh, you kind of analyzed everyone's uh, photos. So, I can't help myself. <laughs> so, so the first person to post any pictures was uh, Fozzie Bear. Right. Who's uh, a, 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 a frequent forum poster and a good fan of the show. Great guy. It was interesting looking into his house. Don't you think so? Yeah. Fascinating. Well, yeah, he lives in New York, so it's a very tiny apartment. I think it's bigger than this place, the Sick and Wrong Studio. I bet you it's about the same exact size or smaller. But and he probably pays more. 
It's uh, you know, I don't think I'm surprising anybody on the forum by by letting them know that Fozzie Bear is a gay man, gay man. He's definitely a gay man, and he lives in a very gay home. <laughs> right. Fozzie Bear is never taking anybody back from the bar, and they were surprised that. Hey, dude, I thought you just wanted to smoke weed. I didn't know you wanted to boof me. <laughs> what, your pink cupboards? Yeah. Wait a second. You're a gay guy. Although it looks very comfy and it's clean, which is uh, in keeping with the uh, you know thought of how a gay guy would keep his apartment. Yeah, but you know, it's clean and it's decorated nicely. It's like, you know, my place is filled with like empty bottles of MGD and fifths of Jim Beam yeah. and cigarette butts everywhere. And I don't have any cool art. Fozzie you know, I don't Bear. have cool, you know, cool things on the wall. Fozzie Bear's apartment looks cozy. It does look cozy. But you know, okay, so the I guy, just wouldn't like to get too cozy with Fozzie Bear. That's the problem. It's a little yeah, creepy. But, but so, so Fozzie Bear, it's obvious that he's a gay guy. The thing is, I was a little disappointed at how, you know, it, his apartment's definitely gay, but it could be much more gayer. How There's so? no track lighting. I didn't see a single scented candle That's in any true. of the pictures. That is true. You know, it's like maybe like, he could gay the place up a little bit. I think he could. I know the Bert and Ernie poster. That's pretty gay. But I mean, <laughs> seriously, you need some scented candles. Yeah. But you know, it, it's definitely uh, nicer than my brother's place. I'll say that for sure. Yeah. Well, your brother is more of a, a slob first, a gay man later. Yeah. My brother's place is basically just like living in an ashtray. <laughs> He does you like know. this. He loves smoking. Well, an ashtray filled with semen. Uh, the next guy here is uh, Shrike, who I think has got to be foreign. He's got to be like Swiss or Swedish or something. I mean, it looked like an Ikea home. Well, the dead giveaway is if you look at the, the plug, the outlets, the wall sockets, they're, they're foreign outlets. Okay, all right. That might that might have been it. You know what, you know what kind of clued me in is he had like foreign bottles of liquor. Like yeah. liquor that I'd never heard of, like uh, uh, except for one, the the Yeni Rake or whatever that Turkish drink. Isn't he that sort of like Turkey. anise flavored? Not not, it's to, like be, Uzo. not to be confused it's with like anise flavored, but anise flavored. It's like Uzo, but it's, yeah. it's good stuff, and you never really see that in the U.S. So the only thing of, I had to say about his place was it seems like every picture. It seems like there's something that I just get the impression has been shoved up his ass. <laughs> mean he's got this floor lamp that looks like a butt plug another picture he's got some some parakeets that look like they've been traumatized there's an outdoor picture with a a sort of brown stained tennis racket handle <laughs> so you're saying there's just like uh, various phallic objects arranged throughout his house that i believe have, have been up his ass yes okay that's what i'm saying all right no that's interesting we'll see what shrike has to say about that uh, the next guy was uh, BK, who um, was the winner of the uh, Big A Wackley competition. Right. And he, did you notice that I sent him the Jesus light box? And it's in the, the photo. The and it's in the photo, proudly displayed on his wall. And We've come that, full circle. It gave me a warm feeling. So uh, thank you, BK, for that. <laughs> but no, he lives in a really nice place. He lives in a really nice place. Much nicer than this. Yeah, I like the look of it. I had one thing, though. He's got a, uh, a widescreen television about... Six inches from the head of his bed, which just tells me no girlfriend. Dude, there's like a 42-inch plasma TV, like less than a foot from his bed. <laughs> I don't know if it's 42 inches. Maybe it's 30. Dude, that, that thing is huge. It's like, you know, I bet you he just puts on porn. I think He's like a foot away from the bed. No, here, here's what's confusing you. He has a very small British bed. You're used to the California king. So your 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 perspective My is perspective all perspective is yeah. skewed, probably. I'm, and I'm not implying that he serves porn. I'm just saying, if you had a girlfriend, she'd be like, "You're not having a TV six inches from the fucking pillowcase." 
<laughs> so uh, finally here, um, the, the last two people who posted pictures, uh, Kendra, after actually she made the forum posting herself right, to she begin with, it. she finally um, um, put up pictures of her place and she actually went into detail with it. Like she put up several um, um, uh, pictures. Right. Descriptive captions were Descriptive made. Descriptive captions. And you could really get a, a good like glimpse into uh, Kendra's life. Although she didn't mention anything that I was really interested in in the captions. Yeah, but I liked, you know, I liked the, uh, the she had a packed fridge, lots of, uh, lots of food. I, right. I but um, what about the Activia in the fridge? Activia, what's that? It's that yogurt when you have uh, irritable bowel syndrome, you eat it. So. <laughs> How do you know this? Is that my sister's fridge? Uh, I should have known that. I'm not going to mention anything else about it, but the, I just know. I like the booze in the freezer. She must have like six bottles in there or something, six or seven yeah. bottles. Yeah, I can't keep booze in my own house because I just drink it all before it even accumulates. You know, she also had a picture of uh, like a porno she must have been watching. I don't know if she's always watching porn. But there's like um, an interracial porn playing on the screen. I think it might have been a home movie. <laughs> it could have been. You know, I know, I know Eugene was just there. Here's my major question about the pictures, though. If she takes a picture, I guess it must be her bedroom window, and it seems like she has one of those half subterranean apartments where, like, the window's right at she ground level. She was probably level. in a garden unit. Yeah, garden apartment. Is that what they call that? Used to have one in Chicago. Yeah, like it's this. like in the basement, basically. There's this strange metal device it's it's white it's on the inside of the window it's like bolted in between the frame i noticed that and it's kind of spiky and it covers the window and i i'm just assuming from reading kendra's forum post that this is to keep her the men from escaping or or maybe young boys from escaping from her room well you know if it was to keep prowlers from getting into the place it would be on the outside that would be more so normal. these were on the inside i'm just wondering if they're like electrified or something probably she you know it gets off on that so it's like the you know the the adolescent teens can't escape screaming once she pulls out the bondage mask and the handcuffs which are in her drawer yeah and i, I love the fact that she has trojan large condoms <laughs> You're not going to find those in my house there, Kendra. Yeah, she'll have to buy a different <laughs> box for when you go up to visit her. What about the skinheads place? I like the Nazi flag. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice flag. I just I just wonder how committed he is to the cause when you know he listens to the Jew and the Nerd Show and posts frequently on the Jew and the Nerd Show's you know, internet uh, forum. Internet forum. You know, I think if his Aryan brothers found out, they would uh, disown him. You think him. they'd be pissed? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's probably because he comes home Takes this, the red suspenders off, drinks a shitload of absinthe. And he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go fuck with the people on the forum." <laughs> yeah, do, that, you, that, do you feel probably fight, how it works? Do you feel oppressed by Liversack? No, you know, I, I think it's I think it's he's great. not doing a good job. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck with you more than Liversack fucks with you. Yeah, I think he probably does, but I do like having his opinion on the forum page. So the final person to post up pictures was uh, Ams, who is also a frequent contributor on the forum. And uh, also a comic book artist as well, right? Right, yeah. She has a great uh, webcomic, killerspoons.com. So, you know, the only thing I was disappointed about Ams's place was, so we, we know Ams is a lesbian. How come there's no strap-ons lying around the room? Yeah, I don't understand you know, that I, either. I thought there'd be, like, strap-ons. Like, like a giant fist. I, mean, I guess Fozzie Bear didn't have butt plugs everywhere. Yeah. Maybe maybe gay people just don't flaunt it like we expect Dude, them I to. I guarantee Ellen DeGeneres has, like, strap-ons, like, littered uh, throughout <laughs> her apartment. Yeah, With I would Portia think so. She probably has a home. I thought the most amusing thing about Am's uh, pictures were that uh, her 
computer monitor is the only thing I've ever seen that's more pathetic than the monitor that you used to have that you just <laughs> threw out. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Like, I think you had the 17-inch CRT that had dust and dirt and grime all over it, and I think she has the 15-inch CRT well, you know, you know, that has funny. dust and dirt and grime that all CRT, over it. That CRT, when I got it in uh, 1996... <laughs> um, it was top of the line, and it was also white. But by the time I got rid of it, it was like this kind of putrid yellow. I and I'm sure that uh, the, this, that story is the same for Am's, but but hers trumps yours because <laughs> well, she still owns it, right? <laughs> you know what I kind of liked? I like the fact that she had sea monkeys. Do you see? That? Were those sea monkeys? Yeah, she had sea monkeys right yeah. by the Spider-Man potato head. Yeah, well, she's just uh, upped her uh, esteem uh, a little bit more, in my opinion. So finally, the the only last thing I want to end it with here is uh, Chicken Fista, who's another uh, big forum poster on the Sick and Wrong forum. He was about to take pictures of his humble abode, but his wife caught him in the act and was like, "What the hell are you doing? Sending pictures to a a podcast?" <laughs> and he was like. All right. <laughs> and the, fun, the funniest thing about that is that tells us more about him than any of these other pictures tell us about the, uh, about the other people. <laughs> like, I really feel like I know that guy now. Well, I'm just amazed that someone that listens to this podcast is actually married. I love the fact that she caught him. Like, if she didn't catch him, he would, have po- he would have posted them, but he was caught. Dude, what would your girlfriend say? <laughs> well, that's why no pictures have been posted. Obviously. All right. I'm going to have to put me up some and, pictures Me and Chicken there. Fista would bond and commiserate. <laughs> I'm going to have to post up some pictures. And people, if you haven't already, go join up the Sick and Wrong Forum. Get in on some of the action here. And yeah, post some pictures of your house so we can rip on you here so on you're the gonna, podcast. So you're going po- to post something? I'm going to take a couple pictures. I'll, I'll, post, some, I'll post something this week. A couple. All right. Take, take, take a picture of like uh, the, the ghetto neighborhood in which you live. Yeah, okay, and something inside, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a picture of the block that I live on. I think people need to know that. One inside, one outside. That should be the commitment. But thank you, everybody, for posting those pictures on the forum and uh, and being fodder here for the show. Uh, people, if you haven't already, go check out the Sigurong iTunes page. Subscribe. Subscribe to the show. We can't tell you enough. Download. And, uh, download. Leave us a iTunes, comment. Please. We're on page four of the iTunes Comedy Podcast, number 43 right now. So proud of myself. Oh, God. It's quite an achievement. So thank you, everybody, for leaving us comments on that. Finally, here we're going to end the show with an email um, that we got here from uh, Nick. He says, hey, guys, you listen to the podcast, and I love it, but I really haven't heard any sick songs yet. If you've never heard of them, then let me introduce you to one of the strangest live acts I've ever seen. We saw him open for Skinny Puppy a few years back. I love Skinny Puppy. He goes by the name of Otto Von Schirach. I really have no clue how you categorize his music other than Twisted. With songs like Goat Sperm, Sliced Mucus Farts, and Teabagging the Dead, he gets points from me for the most creative song titles, not to mention some really nasty album art to boot. Anyway, it blows a link to some of his stuff. I think you'll really enjoy it. Check out some of his videos on MySpace as well. Interesting to watch live. Take it sleazy, bitches. So we're going to end the show here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week, with some Otto Von Chirac. Courtesy of Nick. Thanks for uh, writing in. People will be back next week with episode 137. Until then, take it sleazy. Good night. I love podcasting.